0: This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh.
1: Hey everybody, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, hiding from your boss, working out at the gym, doing yard work. People do yard work and listen to our show. I love that. Makes me very proud. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Our friend is back. Round two, guest favorite, fan favorite, huge, huge uh, company doing so many cool things. She's such a wonderful person. I am so thrilled that she's here. Please, everybody give it up for the president, CEO of Produce for Better Health Foundation, Wendy Reinhardt-Kapsek. Welcome
2: back. Thank you. Glad I'm stoked to be you're here.
1: Oh, I am too. I'm stoked you're here. You know, we've talked about this offline online when we were hanging out down in Arizona a while back, you know, I love what you guys are about. This is such an easy conversation for me to get into and fired up when, you know, when your team reached out and said, Hey, we want to come do something. We want to talk about what's happening this month in September and all this cool things because it's national fruit and veggie month. I'm like, done. Let's what day when's Wendy available. Let's go. You want to do it now. Let's fire. It. So I'm yeah. stoked to be here.
2: Well, I'm, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here and you're such a great supporter of PBH and, um, we are very excited about this month. September is National Fruits and Veggies Month.
1: I know. I can't wait to get into it. But before we do it, though, let's let everybody know who you are a little bit because you know I'm not reading your bio. You got to do it yourself. So just tell everybody a little about who you are, your background, and uh, let's dive in. We'll get into what PPH is, what the mission, where we're heading, and then let's dive into the root of all this. Well, look at that. I did a, I did a little vegetable joke. I used the word root. I love. It. I'm on fire today.
2: You, can't <laughs> you, are, you me. are. You are. You are. Can't
1: contain me today.
2: I know. Um, well, my I name is Wendy Reinhardt Kempstock. I'm the president and CEO of the Produce for Better Health Foundation, or affectionately known among industry and influencers alike as PBH. And, um, and so I come to PBH from more, with more than 20 years of experience in the food and nutrition space, both as a registered dietitian, working with patients, clients, and consumers, but also working in the nonprofit world and also prior to PBH working in global agriculture. So thrilled to have an opportunity to work with the fruit and vegetable industry. And then, then as a dietitian, it's really just like a dream job to be able to promote fruits and vegetables. So amazing opportunity um, and such a great message as you're talking about. You know, fruits and vegetables are the plants that no one is eating enough of. And so in uh, 2019, PBH launched the have a plant movement is essentially. An invitation, um, not something so prescriptive rather, but an invitation to actually not just eat fruits and vegetables, but enjoy the fruit and vegetable eating experience. And so at PBH, um, we're about promoting the increased consumption of fruits and vegetables, fresh, frozen, canned, dried, and 100% juice. Yes, for our health, but also for our happiness. And uh, this is really critical today as consumers' evolution of health has evolved, and it's inclusive of lots of facets of health and well-being, not just if you maybe get heart disease or something else along the way, but really how we feel even in the moment. And so we've evolved our approach over the last several years and have had great success in doing so. I think we've reached now 3 billion, I think is the impression number, since the launch um, of Have a Plant. So we're thrilled to bring this message to consumers and influencers have really picked up on it as well.
1: Well, there's no doubt about that. And, and, you know, you made a really good point. I want to come back to it. I I got to call this out. People start to care about what they eat when they have something to care about with their health. And that's just a stupid way of looking at it. Right. We, We don't, we don't really, it honestly is like, Oh my goodness, now I'm going to have to eat better, do better. And it's like, you know, if we just make those, those conscientious steps, like eating fruits and vegetables on a daily basis, making sure it's a part of your family's diet, no matter what the situation is, find a way to make sure that we're doing that. Ultimately, it serves everybody in the longevity, uh, their health, all kinds of really positive things that we need to be garnering out of that. So I just want to come back around on you and say, yeah, I completely support that logic. I mean, it's really important that we think about this, not when we have to, but all the time.
2: And consumers aren't thinking about heart disease later, or some might, um, but most people are in the moment and they're thinking about how great something tastes or how not so great at taste, and so right. um, you know. Since coming on board at PBH, we've we have a very comprehensive research <coughs> platform, um, and one of the parts of our platform is really looking at behavioral science and understanding right. actually the science of habit forming. And because uh, if we want people to increase consumption, we don't want it to be one time; we want it to be essentially a habit. And um, and so that's really what our latest research is about. Um, that we will be launching this month. National. Consum- I can't.
1: I can't wait to talk about A couple of things to lead us up to the research, because I think I want to, I really think it's important that we build this narrative into why you're doing this, right. And get people to understand that, you know, it's just, you didn't all didn't wake up one day and go, let's do this. There's a need for what you were doing. And I know that you recognize that need and being a dietitian and putting your career path into that. You've seen it in, in its entirety through your evolution, through your career, without a doubt. So before we get into, you know, PBH is such a great organization, but I want to make sure that we that before we get into any of it, we want to talk about how PBH is funded and what people can do to come alongside to support your mission. Wow. Because I think that's the groundwork we need to lay first to let people recognize that you know if there isn't some pot of gold outside the back window that you all are dipping into. It is the industry. It's being uplifted by those that stand to gain the most by the actions that PBH takes. And I want to make that call out first and foremost before we dive into anything else.
2: Yeah, I really, app- I really appreciate that. So PBH is essentially, as you mentioned, funded by the broad-based fruit and vegetable industry. Um, and we're grateful for our partners, our industry partners. And we partner with other groups as well. Sure. When it comes to funding, you know, PBH is a 501c3 organization. It's an educational foundation. So we're not really lobbying, but we truly are doing, I like to sometimes say we're doing the Lord's work here, um, trying to increase fruit and vegetable consumption All across America. So we are 100% on donations. um, And it's really only through the generous support of our existing partners and the hopeful support of others. And I believe there should be more, there needs to be more um, that we can do this really important work. Everything from research to reaching, like I said, since Have a Plan has started, billions of um, consumers and influencers and really having an impact. On the food and nutrition dialogue, in a way that's serving the public good, meaning promoting fruits and vegetables, but really what we've talked about too is elevating them to a national priority, given the chronic underconsumption we have in America, and no one else um, in the United States has as comprehensive of an approach to combat, uh, you know, the underconsumption of fruits and vegetables as PBH, and so. We're very proud of the work we do, and uh, we would be thrilled to partner with others in the industry uh, to get this important.
1: Absolutely love it. And I'm going to come around because I want to beat this like a dead horse because I think it's so important. Three billion, over three billion impressions. That means that the world is listening to your message. And if you're in the fruit and vegetable space and you're wondering, hey, what should I do in 2023 besides, you know, support conversations, obviously, and other things, but if you're thinking about what to do, three billion impressions, people are wanting to know what you have to say and they're listening. And it's about increasing fruit and vegetable consumption. I do not know what a better combination of, of effort can be put out there um, for a fruit and vegetable grower to say, huh, maybe I should lean into this. This is a good thing because nobody else is drawing three billion impressions.
2: I appreciate that. And you know, I think what we really also try to do is identify that the people who are supporting PBH. Um, whether that be to the influencer groups or the public health community, is we really talk about how industry support of PBH is a clear demonstrated commitment to improving consumption in America. And and that includes, you know, recognizing those organizations and or brands um, for doing so. And uh, it really can benefit the visibility of the industry and the great work they're doing.
1: Let's talk about it. Let's get into consumption. Why does increasing fruit and vegetable consumption matter?
2: Thanks for joining the Todd Versation.
0: And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Todd Versations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost a hundred years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table, from tasty, wholesome produce. our freshly prepared foods, Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy fresh cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef-inspired solutions including fresh cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Calavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours, Check us out at Calabo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead.
2: I mean, it really does matter for our health. It really does matter for both our health and the in the typical sense, um, our daily health and then our long term health, but also our well being and um, as we mentioned consumers have greatly expanded the definition of uh, what healthy means for them and I think fruits and vegetables are perfectly positioned and poised for growth if we are willing to make more than one play on the field and appeal to not just health but appeal to taste and flavor and convenience and all the things that consumers are really looking for from their food um, so so you mentioned you know why does this matter well, um, most consumers are not uh, eating enough fruits and vegetables. You often hear this stat. One in nine are actually meeting the recommendations for fruits and vegetables, but it's more than that. And uh, the important part here is that consumption by volume has not changed. It has not. It has remained. Right. In it. So when we think about the industry, yeah, maybe uh, you know, avocados are winning, but someone else That's is probably
0: losing. it's Great.
2: And um, so so there's a, a great, and that's what we love to do, talk about at PBH is we really are trying to, um, you know, raise the tide for everybody in this regard. Now, I think the thing that we're most interested in is taking another unique point of view at consumption because that allows us to kind of insert a new and innovative message around consumption Everybody's right. heard that stat. That's government data, by the way. I don't want to be de- dependent on only one source of data for um, you know, consumption information. So in 2020, we, after we did the Have a Plant Movement or launched the Have a Plant Movement in 2019, we also were very self-reflective. We said, listen, if we're not having an impact, we need to, we need to understand that. And so we implemented a project called uh, the State of the Plate. And this was looking at consumption based on frequency. And right. so if you think about using frequency for um, essentially how often as a proxy for habit, what we need to understand Um, a little bit more about the people who are what we would call high frequency consumers. These are the people that are really meeting the dietary guidelines or like hitting the right marks. They're winning. They're your customers basically today. If you're in the industry, what Mm -hmm. do they know that a lot of other people don't know? Or what do they do that a lot of other people um, are not doing in America? So that research, let us know, is not only is volume stagnant, we know that from the government data, but that Fruit and vegetable consumption habits, as measured by frequency, are slowly eroding. Meaning, fruits and vegetables are like kind of like <laughs> falling off the plate, you know, like carrot by carrot, string bean by string bean, you know, piece of pineapple by piece of pineapple. Oh. And we just can't have it. We have to do something different, and that means we might need to behave differently, also as an industry um, and as a and as even public health as well. So that research let us know, you well, know it's not working out. And in fact, the people that may be consuming the most fruits and vegetables, like young children and older Americans, they were actually, their consumption was declining too. The groups that you could depend on for, you know, kind of holding those consumption numbers steady, they were going down. So yeah. it will be interesting the next time the government does does research is will those volume numbers decrease? And I think the pandemic did have a significant impact on particularly those of us who might rely, for example, on food service to get our fruits and vegetables or school children who are looking to school nutrition sources for access. Now, I would just say overall is in America, most consumers are light frequency fruit and vegetable consumers. Most Americans are eating vegetables just one time a day. And
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It's probably the lettuce on their sandwiches, um, lettuce, tomato. And that's great, by the way. It's a great start. And then like, I think it's really, people are consuming fruit even less. And 25% of Americans aren't consuming any fruit at all. So what we want to do, oftentimes you'll hear this like, who is the fruit and vegetable consumer out there? I'm asking, well, which fruit or vegetable? Because it's different. We have these category snapshots where we look at that. And see what they pair things with and, you know, that right. type. Of thing. but then, but then what we are looking at is more of who in America has a fruit and or vegetable shopping habit and consumption habit. And how do they behave differently than those people who don't. And yeah. I think this is a different way of looking at research data um, so that we can maybe uncover some, some new ideas. And uh, really try to push consumption in a way that is habit forming versus just beautiful. Yeah, and fruits yeah. and vegetables are beautiful.
1: Yeah, I very very well said, and a couple of things that you brought up, I want to come back around. I think we spend a lot of time in this industry promoting our own individual brands and not what they actually the brand represents. So I'm going to pick on blueberries because it's just easy. Yeah. Um, so you have you know, Joe, the blueberry grower, promoting Joe's brand. And really I think what, what I'm hearing you say, and what I believe we need to be doing more of is promoting why blueberries matter to people every day and get that message out there first and foremost, because I think you shared something with me that I've leaned into and really kind of embraced, which is we're kind of in the middle of this consumption crisis in a lot of ways, which is going to become drastically, I think even more affected by the the economy that we're living in now and what appears to be the continuation of not a strong economy. I don't see in my personal opinion, uh, which is very limited when it comes to you know, where the economic future is. I don't see this being fixed tomorrow. I think this is a multiple amount of months, maybe years before this thing comes back around to finding whatever the new normal might be. So I look at, and I, I want to get into this consumption crisis a little bit and tie it to the economy, but I really think that's something that we need to be looking at consciously as an industry, is how much promotion are we doing about the blue bear? How much promotion are we doing talking about the attributes of the sweet potato or what it might be to the consumers? And I think that that's a really powerful thing that the retailers and wholesalers and others need to kind of start to look at. Like that does matter, right? That does help drive consumption. People have a clear understanding of the benefits of what choices that they're making rather than it be about price point, right? Because I just think that's just, it doesn't do anybody any good, right? Cheap, you know, cheap is never going to be the best way to go, right? There's a hidden cost with cheap anyways, right? So I want to talk about
2: Cheap crap is still cheap crap. Yeah, yeah. There's no two ways about it, right?
1: But, but you know, but but cheap has an underlying cost too, right? In a lot of ways. So I want to, My question is going to be kind of two point I want to talk a little bit about this, the angle of consumption crisis. But I'd like for you, to, if you wouldn't mind, maybe blending in some of your concerns about what I've just brought up about the economy, if you wouldn't mind, and what that, how you feel about that.
2: Yeah. So when you talk about, a, or we kind of mentioned this idea of a consumption crisis. So it's kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so many of crises. Um, around in the United States and around the world. And so you're getting
1: around- good at them. We're getting good. Yeah, at we're getting
2: real good at them. Um, but this is the type of rhetoric that we're using with what we would call um, the industry or key stakeholders and opinion leaders to get the attention that chronic underconsumption in the United States is it can no longer be business as usual. And everybody needs to play a part in that. And it's a systemic issue. So that means that there's more than one solution provider, which is an amazing opportunity because it means we can work more, hopefully work more collaboratively and closer yeah. together. Um, so we would say, you know, it's it's not just a, like even the pandemic was more acute than the consumption crisis in America from a timing perspective. Yeah, I would agree with that. There. But maybe, you know, even the underconsumption of vegetables and or lower diet quality had an impact on the outcomes of COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, in in terms of hospital stays and or even mortality. And so I think there's an opportunity certainly for the fruit and vegetable industry to puff its chest out a little bit in the right ways and be able to talk about its, its impact on, um, on the it's it's the opportunity to have a greater impact on our economy, um, our health, and our society overall. And so, mm-hmm. you know, healthcare costs in the United States are just not ideal, and not. we attributed to kind of more of a um, medication type of mindset versus a prevention mindset, or what we would call a disease. Um, treatment type of mindset versus a prevention mindset, but this has significant impacts on our economy and, mm-hmm. um, and the overall cost of, let's say, not just healthcare in America, but doing business. And uh, so I think, you know, that brings us a little bit, that topic, anyway to what you were talking about, the inflationary environment that we now find ourselves in. As somebody who's a dietitian, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, work my whole career um, working in, in food and the food industry and just watching people's behavior, not only at the population level, but even at the individual level, when you counsel clients and consumers is people will absolutely make choices and, and take shortcuts and trade down and, you know, and and I don't always know if we are continuing to address what I would call the, the high frequency fruit and vegetable consumer today in the United States, the one who's actually eating your product. We keep just talking to those same people um, or if we really want to help the broader um American population, I think we might approach some of our communications and our marketing maybe even a little bit differently, particularly in this environment where people are going to absolutely trade down. If you are a single mother that has to take the bus um, and you have to go to a small store on the way home and you have to go to another location to get um, what might be a nice food box from the food bank. Your time is very limited um, to make beautiful, but to make healthful and tasty, we can do that. And, yeah. and, 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 and we can do it quickly and it doesn't have to be elaborate. And I don't know if we've given people permission to, to to you know to really keep things simple and easy and that's one of the key behavioral science tenets of um, that we abide by which is if we want people to do something we have to make it easy if we unpack that further and consider the context of an inflationary environment we really need to make it easy for consumers to choose and purchase and prepare and consume fruits and vegetables first in a way Mm -hmm. that they don't waste because they will be very disappointed in themselves and in their purchases if they go through all of that and it doesn't taste great correct? or or it doesn't actually get into their bellies. And so, um, in a way that's meaningful, not because they're thinking about your product, but because they're thinking about their life. Right. And, um, that's a different, if you can put yourself Really insert yourself in the consumer journey and ask if it is easy for your customer to be Mm -hmm. inspired, to get to the store, to all the things, to see your product, to purchase your product, to, you know, bring your product home, to have a quality experience in the preparation mode, to think about what that is. I mean, you really need to go to that level. and understand how your customer is experiencing it, but then you also have to take yourself and put yourself in the position of all of your potential customers. And I don't know if that has happened.
1: Well, you know, you said something I think is fantastic. As you go through these steps, right? You need to start to create a want. You need to have that consumer want to go buy blueberries or want to go buy figs or want to go buy chard or whatever the case may be. And those things, those attributes about making it easy, helping them, guide them, get them to that point, creates that want because it's about confidence too. Right. Yeah. If you had if you had somebody walk in the grocery store, hey, why don't you buy some chart? Nine out of 10, 7 out of 10, what's the number it might be? That goes, What is hey? What is chart? How do you cook chart? I you know, so that you've got to create that want factor. And I think that it's you know, what you're doing and what the industry needs to step up and do is help drive that want factor in a lot of ways back to the consumers. You also said something too I want to touch on and I think it's worth mentioning is that prevention doesn't sell drugs. And I think that that's really an interesting perspective when you think about what you were talking about how we need to be working at the prevention aspects of fruits and vegetables help with that, right? It's not a narrative a lot of people want you to say and if you take a look at the amount of money that's spent, you know, from drug companies in this country in DC or whatever it is compared to fruits and vegetable money, it's a big big difference in what they go and spend and what they support. And that's dangerous because we're getting away from the things that got this country. 250 almost years in and controlling our own health by what we eat is, it sounds so complicated, but it's really not. It's actually pretty simple to do.
2: It can be, it can be. So there's so many things that you said. One of the things you said related to something I want to challenge the industry about. Cool. And, and that is the idea that you should just keep doing what you're doing. And that is just not the case. So you mentioned, you know, as somebody who's come from other industries and, and worked with companies, I haven't worked inside, I've worked inside some companies that have the larger oh. budget than PBH, but, um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of these larger, let's say the CPG or the packaged good industry, I worked with them. They have a totally different uh, quote marketing budget. That is a true statement. Um, and like you're saying, medical um, medications, medical devices, they too have a very, um, you know, large, um, you know, budget associated with promoting uh, whatever they're they're working with. But sure. I want to challenge you: that is not going to change. Mm-hmm. So, but but I will tell you the 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 mindsets of those industries is different than the mindset of this one. Hundred percent. The mindset is, let's be cohesive in our message. Let's unify where we can and recognize where we can't. And let's drive on when we're talking about lobbying or even promoting Mm -hmm. consumers or, you know, is we're going to drive against a very unified approach in certain instances. And that and so what does that mean? That means they're behaving differently than this industry. Right. And so as much as I would love to be like, continue to wring my hands around that, I think the American public deserves better from this industry.
0: Yeah.
2: And and you you absolutely can do this uh, through your industry associations and or even through some of the things that PBH is doing The what's in it for me will always be important to the various commodities within this industry, just as it will be important for the CPG industry and the medication industry too. Um, But how we behave is a a different story. And yeah, this industry might need to be a little more scrappy uh, or scrappier in certain instances, but I believe absolutely that this industry can really unify around this issue. Which mm-hmm. is an assumption in America, and like I said, the American public is is depending on it, and they really absolutely need need that type of unification more than ever. They're on the receiving yep, yep. end, um, and so the industry can absolutely do something about it. So I just want to challenge us there to say, yeah, you know, we and so and so I could go into what I really think that means in terms of how companies might spend their money. In addition to, um, but if we looked at consumption as as just as important, I'm not saying more important, but just as important as any other freedom to operate issue, because it is, I think we might behave differently.
1: Yeah, I agree. I very well said, 100% agree with you. Challenge accepted. You guys have done it, no doubt. We have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity to change the course of our country's health through fruits and vegetables and it is it, it sounds stupid to say, it's like, it's low hanging fruit. If we could all lean in, we all get behind the message get behind the science, get behind the data, get behind the, why the consumer is going to do what the consumer is going to do and how we recognize that. I think we have more power than we give ourselves credit for. Thanks. And
2: I totally agree.
1: Yeah. And
2: I think, you know, one of the things that we talk about in public health, and I'm going to give you some really concrete examples is um, what's called policy systems and environmental change. Okay. Yeah. So policy is really an important thing. Um, and it certainly impact in this country, policy impacts your business, but from a consumption perspective and um, the, you know, the farm bill um, is going to have a lot in it. It's called affectionately called the farm bill. Um, right. Um, and so I've heard people in agriculture say there's very little in that for us and it's all on nutrition. Okay. When, uh, in this instance, in this time frame, in 2022, as we move into those discussions, the nutrition conversation or allotments in that farm bill are 100, I'm not 100, they are very, very aligned with what the fruit and vegetable industry would yeah. like to see happen. And so I really just want to um, give a lot of credit um, to Molly Van Leeu at IFPA, um, if you follow the industry at all for mm-hmm. the work that Going on right now through that organization on the policy side, um, because you have some really smart people working with. Leg- you know, PBH doesn't do that work because of our distinction as an educational foundation. But your industry trade associations, and uh, whether they be regional or like the one I mentioned, um, they really have an opportunity to um, for, to really call out fruits and vegetables as being um, the most important part of that up of the funding associated with that upcoming farm bill now is the time so it's a big deal when we think about things like um school lunch or we think about the women infants and children program these are federally funded programs and in fact earlier this year we released an analysis of um federally funded uh fruit and vegetable programs when it comes to research feeding programs like school you know school lunch school breakfast And, um, and promotional programs. And so what we found is the government, the government may actually be saying one thing, but how it funds fruits and vegetables, for example, absolutely should be increased. And because we're in an inflationary environment, and so many people are dependent on federally funded feeding programs, we don't want to take away from any other parts of the plate. But we do want to put um, we do want to put a stake in the ground for fruits and vegetables being the two most important food groups for which need to be adequately funded um, here in America, given the underconsumption that we, have the chronic underconsumption that consumption crisis, if you will. So, but then we have something else and this is the policy systems and environmental change. And so behavioral science would say, we don't, we think we do, but we don't, we do not aspire um we don't rise to the occasion of our goals we don't rise to the our aspirations but rather we do fall more in line with the systems or an environment around us that's why things like access are important so at least people can have a fighting chance but access isn't the only thing it's actionability how easy is it for fruit and vegetables to truly be actionable here in the united states we are doing our part in helping people know kind of some of more of those skills you were talking about. Lower the barrier when it comes to knowledge. Do people even know what chart is? I mean, I haven't made it this year. Um, maybe I would, but it doesn't matter. Maybe I could go to a food service place and they would do it for me, but I see it on the menu, you know. Right. Um, but then we, we are also doing a lot now on making sure that we make that emotional connection with consumers. And people feel an emotional because food is emotional an emotional connection to the, what they're eating. And they do, they don't feel guilty about it, but they feel great about it. And they want to repeat that experience. And that's where this, you know, the action comes in is so PBH is focused on, the actionability of fruits and vegetables, everything from the knowledge, the emotions associated to the actual repeat, repeated behaviors, yeah. um, that then turn into habits, and so that's the role that we see. That we I love it. Up.
1: I love it. Like you guys are, you guys are literally fruit and vegetable ninjas, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I yeah, love it. Yeah. So
2: let's so so, so
1: challenge. So challenge accepted. Let's get into this because you guys. There's some there's some great stuff coming up. It's like we said, September National Fruit and Vegetable Month. You're celebrating the roots of our food. So I'd like for you to share some of the key drivers and and, you know kind of what's being mindful about increasing fruit and vegetable consumption. So what's involved in the promotion? Let's get into this because this is this is super exciting.
2: Yeah. So when we launched the have a plant movement in, in 2019, we also changed September was also focused on fruits and veggies as kind of a health observ, you know, health observation day, but mm-hmm. we changed it from more matters, which you can imagine, but we didn't go with have a plant month, you know, like that's all the time. But what we did do was call it national fruits and veggies month in a way that would elevate fruit and vegetable consumption as a national priority. Every day is fruit and veggie day for us, but National Fruit and Veggie Month is truly, in fact, dedicated to elevating fruit and vegetable consumption as a national priority here in America. And so that means that we get to leverage research um, with lots of different audiences, and we also get to reach out to consumers. So everything at PBH is informed by research, whether it's National Fruits and Veggies Month, i.e. the consumption data and the analysis of why fruit and vegetable consumption needs to be a priority here in the U.S., but also why we should be celebrating fruits and vegetables with consumers. Yeah. And um, so our rhetoric is a little <coughs> bit different based on you know our key audience. And so this year, we're thrilled that celebrating the roots of our food is the theme for National Fruits and Veggies Month. And so at the heart of this, and we've, we've used elements of this campaign before is um, is the idea that somebody's growing your fruits and vegetables and are very, very, um, I guess, curious and inquisitive and also sometimes uninformed and really want to learn more about where their food is coming from and who's growing their food. And so we've run a campaign typically in the summer where we really tell a lot of farmer and grower stories. And so I you use the word root. It's a great word. Um, So celebrating the roots of our food, essentially the people who are growing and making sure that we even have the availability of these products here in the United States. But we're not going to stop there because we've talked about this fruit and vegetables are really the foundational, the root, if you will, of our health. And Mm -hmm. so this month, we'll also be talking about um, our health as well. And so the concept here is um, talking about who's growing the food, what it means for your health and happiness, but also what it means for community. And um, and that's a more expansive definition when we go beyond ourselves, right? And we start talking about what does food really mean to you, Todd, versus Wendy, versus right. someone else out there and recognizing the uniqueness and honoring maybe even the cultural differences and or preferences of our consuming. Yeah.
1: I love it. So talk a little bit about, you know, you've got, there's a couple of things that I want to touch on one of which is the toolkits you guys are going to drop. And then I also want to get into your habits research because I think that's just super fun. So you pick right. whichever one you want to go with first.
2: Well, um, let, let's talk about, let's talk about the key themes um, for the yeah. research because I mentioned that research is really the foundation of everything we do. And then how we translate that research is really different from our different customer base, if you will. And so for consumers, it takes a little bit of a difference um, is now we're thinking about how do we inspire consumers to want to act. So why don't you hit the themes? Boy, yeah. So, so so we'll the the ha-
1: yeah, so let's do it. We got four themes I want to lean into. One of the first ones called make it easy, um, yeah. which I and think then- is really great because it, and I love what you guys say about this. And I'm going to lean. Down. I got to call this out. If you don't, I'm going to take I'll take credit for calling out, but I love it. Just because, you, just because you have a fruit and vegetable shopping habit doesn't mean you have a consumption habit. I just think that's a very powerful statement. I love that that's the opening line as you describe what this program is. So can you get a little bit more in detail about what it is?
2: Absolutely. So in this research um, that we did, which was, we actually have a scientific advisory council made up of food and nutrition professionals, as well as um, behavioral science professionals. And mm-hmm there's some new emerging research in the behavioral science field that is looking at what we would call a habit index. And so, you know, this could be about coffee or chocolate as much as it is about fruits and vegetables and, or the idea of having a fruit and vegetable shopping and or consumption habit. So basically we ask, we took this from the academic literature. We have a series of questions. It feels like I'm asking you the same sort of question, just a little differently. And then we come up with a habit index or habit score. And so we did this for fruit, shopping, vegetable shopping, fruit consumption, and vegetable consumption. And what we see is particularly, um, even if you're a high frequency consumer, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a shopping habit, or if you have a high frequency shopping habit, it doesn't mean that you're actually consuming the products. Right. And um, so this now is, you know, we've got to make it easy for you to go beyond the shopping habit to actually get to the consumption habit. And and so really for the first time, this type of research was this academic concept of a habit index. How automatic is it for you to put stuff in your cart versus actually prepare it and serve it and enjoy it? is this is the first time this type of research has really been applied to what we would call, or the industry would call consumer surveys. And I so this is, this is important yeah. because who should own or co-own or take accountability for shopping and consuming? And yeah. I think the industry stops often at shopping. Yeah. Purchase. Yeah. But that's not enough. If we're going to actually extract the value of these products and help, you know, experience the benefits, that's what's going to be the repeat purchase over time. Right.
1: I love it. I, incredibly problem. We touched on this next one a little bit, which is back to the basics, which is really, you know, you, you said it's really if you want to the best way of doing it is make it easy. Right. Press that easy button. America loves the easy button. No, we definitely lean into that every once in a while. So, talk a little bit about the back to ba- back to I can't even say it back to basics concept behind your uh, research.
0: Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Todd Versations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost hundred years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table. From tasty, wholesome produce to our freshly prepared foods, Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy, fresh cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef inspired solutions including fresh cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Colavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours. Check us out at colavo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead.
2: I was saying this a little bit before is, Mm -hmm. you know, let's not overcomplicate or overbeautify beautify everyday life. And I think in our social media culture, we see a lot of that. And particularly with my food and nutrition professional colleagues, um, there's a desire and and everybody loves beautiful looking food. I mean, there is something to that. But back to basics means most there's this we kind of take ourselves through this no know, KNOW feel and do framework. And the knowledge part you talked about, charge, for example, if I don't even know what that is, I'm intimidated now. I'm not going to do right. it. Right. So, oh, can we start to go back to basics now? There's a so that some of that basic knowledge stuff is really important before even before we even think about making the product look gorgeous, um, you know, in the end. Um, But another part of this is something called a piggybacking behavior. Mm -hmm. And this is a, this is something that we see in behavioral science and it's a real thing. And so when we look at how people are eating today, what we see is there's a real missed opportunity to piggyback on a fruit and vegetable habit or behavior with what people are already doing. And so even behavioral science would say, it doesn't really matter what the habit that you want to to create is. Right. You need to piggyback it on another habit. So, an example might be: This is a tough one in our household. Flossing is something you would typically just not like, random out of the blue, right? Say, "Oh yeah, right now I need to floss." You would piggyback that onto the teeth brushing routine because it's already routine, at least once a day, twice a day. Right. Right. So the same thing with fruits and vegetables. Most of the Americans consumers are eating they're having taco Tuesdays, pizza Fridays, they're having a pasta, they're maybe doing a burger or they're having beef like a couple of different ways. This is an opportunity for the fruit and vegetable industry is to instead of trying to say we want you to eat more of our product, start to incorporate how that product really incorporates into what they're doing right now and right. so only for a case another case in point would be only 14 percent of consumers are topping their cereal hot or cold with fruit interesting but so there's like a lot of up op- and that's just the cereal consumers yeah gone down so my point is what are people eat it's it's one thing to look and say why are they not eating my product? but i'm more interested in well, what are they eating And how does my product fit into that meal occasion based on an already existing habit? Um, You know, coffee and chocolate, those, those might be even easier to identify.
1: Um, Red wine and chocolate. Let's be honest. Red wine and chocolate. Sorry. I got, I got to go off the reservation for that one. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, you make a really great point. It goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? About educating the consumer about, the opportunities that that blueberry provides, right? And to your point about cereal, 14% of cereal has fruit on it. That's crazy, right? When you think about it, it's like that's kind of a shocking number in a lot of ways. So talking to those consumers, hey, by the way, these are great on cereal. This is great for this, you know, try it with this. Those opportunities are just laying there. And I think it goes back to your point about trying to get people to recognize the ease that fruit and vegetables provide them outside perhaps of what they might just know that little that little runway that they're in. And mm-hmm. what a great opportunity we have to speak with people about that. The, the next one is, which I like, is the fruit and veg, veggie hacks. And I got one that I've been using that I that got off of one of your influencers playing around with, which is the mango hack where, you know, you slice your mango and you take a glass and you peel that mango back inside that glass and it peels it off the skin like 100% off. It's fantastic. It's such a great hack. And it makes mangoes so much easier to eat. So talk yeah. a little bit about your, talk a little bit about why hacks, hacks, which is a great new word we're all playing with now, but why hacks, Matt?
2: So what we're saying is let's go from hacks to habits. Yeah. And, um, and so what that sample hack did is it was a preparation and or, and, or a utilization hack um, for you. And so it, it kind of broke, you know, you would probably eat mangoes anyhow, but it kind of broke something down for you. And so now what I want to do is I want to go one step further and say, well, is that something, is that mango? It's a hack, but how do I get you to have a mango habit? And so maybe for example, you're doing that on taco Tuesday and you're creating mango salsa. And so every Tuesday you're having a mango, whereas maybe before you're like, Oh, they look pretty good. You know? Um, this time. And uh, so so now we're saying let's go from hacks to habits. Now, interestingly, in the research, remember, I told you there were low frequency consumers right. and high frequency consumers. So what we found there is that um, what we, we exposed uh, consumers, low and high frequency, and we exposed them to a list of hacks, usage, hack, prep hacks and usage hacks. And first though, we asked, you know, the way we did this was we asked them like, Hey, you using, you doing any of these, they weren't as cool as the mango one, but you know, you doing any of these things. And what we found is the high frequency consumers are use, They are doing more hacks. They mm-hmm. have, they have more hat hacks. Okay. Yeah. That they leverage. But then we said, we asked another question after people are exposed to those and we said, What would, how easy would it be you using these, um, for you to double consumption for you and, or your family. And what we saw is for fruit is we saw an increase in both, um, fruit, you know, the fruit consumers for, for high frequency and low frequency. So they were like, okay, we can eat more fruit. We all can. And these can help me do that. Okay. When it comes to veggies, and I think we can all agree, we love them a lot, but they require more attention and um, to, to taste good. And that's a big one for consumers from our research. But what we, was really inspiring to us is we saw yes, both higher and low frequency vegetable consumers could, you know, did respond positively to the vegetable hacks and the idea of increasing, doubling their vegetable consumption. Um, but the low frequency consumers had a, even a higher effect. So what we're doing there is really important because both high frequency and low frequency consumers they both say they struggle with fruit and vegetable consumption. Right. But the high frequency consumers have overcome something, and right. is it a mindset around hacks is it that they've established more habits? And the research would say they have both. They have they use more hacks and they therefore have more habits.
1: I love it. I, I love it. And, and the, the last one I want to talk about too is, is fruit and veggie care, which I think is incredibly important because it really is about the uplift, right? It's about what went into that apple, what went into that carrot, what went into that, fruit, who was responsible for that and, and making that connection with the consumer. Because, you know, I say this all the time and I really do believe it is that, you know, fruits and vegetables are a morals and values category in a lot of ways, right? We touch people in a different capacity than center store, in certain ways. Um, you know, I, and I always pick on the paper towel, people, aluminum foil guys. Like nobody has really a big emotional connection to a roll of aluminum foil, but they can to an apple. They can that's to right. a peach. They can to a grower that's meaningful, that's doing something above and beyond. Whatever that case is, those stories are so powerful because people want to know about their food. They want to know where it comes from. They, you know, it's, it's more important to us today than it ever has been before. And I'm sure that, that the pandemic and COVID, I don't call it COVID anymore, by the way, it's COVID now. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning it, trying to, up, I'm trying to uplift a little bit. So, you know, but it's really taught us, I think, to really recognize the value of where our food's coming from and why it's become important because, you know, we are an insecure food, insecure country in a lot of ways, and it's dangerous and it's concerning. So talk about why fruit and veggies, you know, care and what that's about, because I think it's killer.
2: Yeah, it's super cool. So what we realized, and I think like if a lot of folks from industry are listening to this, is the, the highest fruit fruit and vegetable consumers out there, um, the highest frequency consumers, they care a lot about food waste and maybe even more, or they struggle with it, maybe more than our light frequency consumers. And if we just take a step back and we say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They're buying more. They need to eat it up and they need to eat it up in a certain period of time. And so at at its most basic level, fruit and veggie care is, I need to care for this product that I just spent my hard-earned dollar on, and yeah. that about the inflationary environment. And because I, I care about my own health, you know, I want to, I want to make sure that I eat the products and don't waste them. And but if we take that down another level, and this gets back to celebrating the roots of our food, is like you said, somebody grew that. Yeah. and they have an um, they can they may not even have an um, emotional connection to the 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 mango or the the leafy green or the bag salad and th- this is be- this has been researched as well even very traumatic stories in the media don't mean much to most people even if they should it's when we put a personal face yeah. a- on them and people can connect on a human level that yeah. they now feel more connected to the tragic car the, the tragic accident that happened in their community. Um, but more than that, what it means this for, for the community and the people involved. And I think that's critical when we talk about food. So fruit and veggie care at the very basic level for the consumers, particularly those highest frequency consumers, they care about food waste, they don't want to waste it. it is that consumer level food waste. They don't want to they don't want to see that hard earned dollar go to waste, but they also don't want to maybe let down or disappoint the person who took the great care to grow it either. And so I think that's where you see us really lean in to celebrating the roots of our food and the I four key findings that yeah. you talked about. Those are the four key themes essentially for the four weeks of September when we'll be yeah. celebrating. National Fruits and Veggies Month and elevating fruit and vegetable consumption is a national priority. And you mentioned this before there is a toolkit and yeah. something in there for you just love produce. There's something in there for um, our influencers and communicators who are helping consumers. There's something there for retail, something in there for food service, and something there for the produce industry. We need every, this is a movement for fruits and vegetables and anyone that touches the products. And so everyone, I want everyone to be involved. The toolkit is fruitsandveggies.org slash right. N as in Nancy. F is in fruit, V is in vegetable, and M is in month. Okay. So National Fruits and Veggies Month. Veggie Month. Right on. And um, there's lots of great ideas for you to personally be involved as well as your company or organization. And at the very least, we're just saying, like, hey, you can even rock the have a plant swag during this. There's a Little shop in there too. All the proceeds go to, you know, PBH. And then there's also a way for you just to even incorporate it in your social media posts, even if you did it once a month. And that's really what we're calling on in the industry. Can you like recognize this whole thing? It's hashtag have a plant, hashtag NFBM 2022. And um, the goal there, everybody, is to basically create what we like to call it PBH, a social tsunami around fruits and vegetables in um, the month of September, a social media tsunami where we're really trying to break through all the clutter out there and some of the maybe less happy noise and really take, put a stake in the ground for America's health, health and happiness.
1: Well, it's an absolutely perfect time to do it because you're going into the fall, you're going into everybody, you know, every state in the union has got product and there's things to talk about. And and you've got Thanksgiving coming around the corner and Christmas and we've got, you know, the food holidays are approaching and what a great time to tee it up for everybody. I'm just, you know. I am so stoked at what you guys do. And it's like I said, it's such an easy, easy ask to get you to come back on here and to share and to communicate with us about what the hard work that PBH is doing and why you're doing it. Right. I think that's so important. when You start to break down the steps that we've talked about when we, well, you know, we're talking about increasing what it is and, and what you guys are providing for tools for the industry to embrace. Um, it. You guys are doing an incredibly big lift and it's so needed. I mean, and, and i and I say this with all the love in the world, it'd be great to put you guys out of business, but it's great that you're in business because we need you. And and I just think it's just wonderful that your team, um, God, you got so many heroes that are working behind, you know, behind the scenes that are uplifting the message. And so kudos to you guys. I really just appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys are all about.
2: Thanks, Todd. We want to be your megaphone. And, um, and so we're grateful for the support Very and uh, the shout outs and the love always. Absolutely,
1: folks. PBH. It's September. We're kicking off the month. This is how we open it up. We have a great month of shows coming your way. But I can't think of a better way to start it than to open up everybody's eyes and go, "Huh. I wonder what I can do. I wonder if I can do a little more. I wonder if I'm not doing enough. I wonder if I'm just at this level, but I can get to this level pretty quick. Let's be challenged by it, right? I think it's really, really important that that's what we need to do. Um, You know, I often talk about inspiration and, you know, Wendy, you're a beautiful soul. You're a source of inspiration to me. Your work is incredibly uplifting and I appreciate you as an individual and spending time with you and giving back like you do and empowering me a little bit with some some motivation and some fire in the belly to keep talking about these issues because it's so relevant. So I just a personal thanks from me to you and taking the time to hang out with me. I really do appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, Todd. I feel the same.
1: Thank you. Everybody, go be inspired by the show. I tell you all the time, inspiration is just simply saying hello to somebody. It's such a such a positive thing. we have the ability in this industry to literally change the trajectory of this country if we so choose to lean into it. We can make a lot of things better. Healthcare, this climate, lots of problems that we can work to solve through our food and how we eat and what we eat and what we tell people and give that guidance. So thank you, PBH, for what you do. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll see you on social media, TLC underscore conversation. Get over on the website for PBH, get aboard, get on. It's September, Rocket. It, hack, do whatever the hell you need to do, but let's move the ball down the field for these folks because they deserve our time and attention and your efforts. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching, and we'll see you soon. Take care.